0: Welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here, hear news, reviews, discussion, and of course stories. I'm your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And today we are continuing on our holiday programming theme. We're going from the rather loosely based uh, works of The Truth last week to uh, very, very classic this week with the retro radio holiday review uh, by RG Productions. This is a group we've known about. I'd say since 2008 or nine, maybe uh, they had done a first a Halloween piece. Uh, we became aware of it, uh, talked about it back then and had heard about their uh, Christmas productions since then. Um, an annual affair. I understand um, they're out in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, bringing something different to that part of the world uh it is a live radio experience so compared to a lot of productions that you hear here which are recorded uh intended to be heard as a podcast or uh as a finished studio work this is intended for consumption in front of a live audience, um, so not always our cup of tea, especially as it is a you doesn't embrace the retro, uh, which is uh, can be painful, frankly, unless it's executed well. and In this case, they they do a great job with it, taking classic stories, making them fun, making them work for a live audience, and hopefully for you as well. So I hope you enjoy the piece we have for you today. It is the classic. It's a Wonderful Life. It's uh, the first I know. It must have been done in radio, probably in the old time days, as well as maybe. To more modern incantations but I haven't heard a lot of uh, radio versions of it as opposed to say uh, Christmas Carol which there are many many variations of it so I hope you'll enjoy It's a Wonderful Life um, if you want something less saccharine and more uh, you know killing of Santa Claus I'd recommend Josh uh, Valentine has Dead Christmas. Some great offbeat stuff, and we'll have some more offbeat stuff next week as well. Uh, This week, we're going for the true heart of Christmas here on Radio Drum Revival uh, with It's a Wonderful Life by RG Productions, part of the Retro Holiday Radio Review. Hope you enjoy. Lux presents Hollywood.
1: (laughs) Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, the Lux Radio Theater presents... Merry Christmas, George Bailey, based on Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life.
2: Today we bring you the story of a typical American. It might be you. It might be me. It's the story of George Bailey, citizen of Bedford Falls, New York. More than anything else, George wanted to see the world, the wonderful, exciting world that lay somewhere beyond the limits of his own hometown. Oddly enough, the story does not begin in Bedford Falls. In fact, it doesn't begin anywhere in this world. It begins in heaven, where Joseph, the superintendent of angels, has summoned an apprentice angel named Clarence. But first, we hear the prayers of family and friends of George, rising up to heaven.
3: I owe everything to George,
4: Bailey. Help him, dear father. Joseph, Jesus, and Mary, help my friend, Mr. Bailey.
2: Help my son, George, tonight, Lord.
3: He never thinks about himself, God. That's why he's in trouble. George is a good guy. Give him a break, God.
2: I love him, dear Lord.
5: Please watch over him tonight. Please, God. Something's the matter with Daddy.
4: Please bring Daddy back.
6: Am I really going down to earth, sir? Oh, how splendid.
7: Yes, there's a very discouraged man down there, Clarence. His name is George Bailey. At exactly 10.45 p.m. Earth time, he'll be thinking seriously of throwing away his greatest gift.
6: Oh, dear, dear. His life?
7: Yes, Clarence's life. Now, I want you to stop him, if you can. Now, please sit down, so I can tell you all you need to know about George Bailey. Uh,
6: sir, if, if I should accomplish this mission, may I perhaps get my wings? I've been waiting for over 200 years now, and well... People are beginning to talk.
7: (laughs) Mm, Clarence, what's that book?
6: The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me.
7: Ah, yes, well, fine book. Excellent. Well, you do a good job on George Bailey, and we'll see about your wings.
6: Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Mm, All
7: right, now listen. When George Bailey was a boy, two events occurred that you should keep in mind. One was when his younger brother, Harry, fell through the ice and almost drowned. George saved him.
6: Brother fell through the ice... George saved him.
7: Yes, and ever since, George has had a bad ear. All that icy water, you understand. Oh,
6: Bad ear? Uh, Yes, sir.
7: The other event came a few months later. George used to work after school in Mr. Gower's drugstore. One day, Mr. Gower received a telegram informing him that his only son died of influenza. It was a terrible blow, and poor Mr. Gower tried to lose his grief in whiskey.
3: Where you been, George? Mrs. Blaine's called... What happened to her prescription? You lost it, didn't you? Uh, no, Mr. Gower. Here, here it is. Why, you good for nothing. Don't you know that plane? <laughs> am
4: ah! very sick. Ah, Mr. Gower, my ear. You're hurting my sore ear. I'll
3: teach you to love, you lazy brat. Oh,
4: Mr. Ow, Mr. Gower. You don't know what you're doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. Ah, shut up. I know you feel bad. I saw the telegram about your son. But
3: look, Mr. Gower, this bottle, you used this bottle to make up the capsules. It's poison. Poison?
4: Heard my story here again,
3: boy. Oh, George,
4: George! I didn't deliver him, Mr. Gower. All I
3: wanted was to make sure. Oh, George,
4: George! I never tell Mr. Gower. I promise. I promise.
7: Well, Clarence, that was George Bailey as a boy. When he grew up, he wanted to go to college, but there just wasn't the money. So he worked for four years in the Building and Loan Association.
6: Building and Loan Association? Oh, I
7: forgot to tell you. George's father was in the building and loan business. He and George's uncle Billy. High ideals and low bank account. Anyway, George worked for his father and saved enough to see him through the university. That summer, though, he was going to go to Europe, get a job on a cattle boat, do a little traveling before college.
8: Ah, boy, oh boy, oh boy. (laughs) Sure hard to realize it. My last night in the Bailey boarding house. We're going to miss you, George. Well, I, I, I'm going to miss you too, Pop. Pop, what's the matter? You look tired. Oh, I had another tussle with that old Henry Potter today. Well, I thought when you put him on the board of directors, he'd ease up on you. Well, so did I. I just can't understand a man like Mr. Potter. He, he, he can't begin to spend all the money he has. Well, I guess Potter owns about everything he wants in Bedford Falls, except our building and loan. That's why he hates us. Hey, George, can I buy your tuxedo studs? Y- yeah, help yourself. Uh, where are they? Uh, in your suitcase? I'm not taking a tuxedo on a cattle boat, you know. Say, where'd you get that suitcase, anyway? Uh, Mr. Gower. Going away present. Uh, one of these days, you're going to see that bag all covered with labels. Uh, Italy, Baghdad, Samarkand. Uh, gonna have a pretty full summer. Uh, I'm gonna have a pretty full life. Hey, why don't you come to the dance tonight? What, and be bored to death? I couldn't want a better death. Lots of pretty girls.
3: Say, I gotta hurry.
8: Well, I wish we could send Harry to college with you, George. Oh, We have it all figured out. He'll take over my job at the building and loan and work for four years, like I did, and, and then he'll go. Well, he's pretty young for that job. Well, no younger than I was. Hmm, maybe you're born older, George. <laughs> yeah, Pop. Now, George, when you get out of college, I don't suppose you'd come back to the building alone. loan? No, Pop, I, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't face being cooped up the rest of my life in a shabby little office. I'm sorry, Pop. I, I didn't mean that, but this business of nickels and dimes, I would I go crazy. I, I want to do something big and important. Well, in a small way, we are doing something important.
3: In that shabby little office, we help people figure out how they can own their own homes. I know,
8: Pop. I I know. I I wish i felt... I I just feel like if I didn't get away, I'd bust. Yeah, you're right, boy. Now, you get yourself an education and then get out of here. Pop,
3: Pop, you want a shock? I think you're a pretty great guy. (laughs) Well, thanks, George. I'm glad to hear it. Now, look, why don't you go on over to Harry's Dance? You'd have a good time.
8: Maybe I'll drop in. Yeah, maybe I will at that. Yeah.
6: So, George Bailey went to a dance? Is that important, Joseph?
7: Yes, it was at the dance he met Mary Hatch. Oh. And three hours later, he was walking her home. George and Mary were feeling pretty good, Clarence. As a matter of fact, wonderful. Buffalo Buffalo gals, can't you come come out
8: tonight? Can't you come out tonight?
7: tonight? Can't you come come out tonight? tonight? Buffalo
8: gals, can't you come out out tonight? tonight? And dance Dance by the the light of the moon. moon. (laughs) Hot dog. Oh boy, just like a beautiful organ. (laughs) At least. (laughs) Know something? If it wasn't me talking, I'd say you were the prettiest girl in town.
5: Well, why don't you say it? Uh,
8: I don't know, maybe I will say it. How old are you anyway?
5: Eighteen.
8: (laughs) Eighteen.
5: Too young or too old. Oh no, no, no,
8: just right. Uh... Sort of fits you. Oh, look where we are.
5: Huh? Oh, oh, the old Granville house. Ugh,
8: I've got to throw a rock.
5: Oh no, 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 no! Don't, George. No, don't. I, I love that old house.
8: Well, don't you know about deserted houses? You make a wish
5: and throw a rock. Oh, but George, but it's, oh, it's such a lovely old place. I wish I lived there.
8: In there? I, I wouldn't live in it as a ghost. Oh. <laughs> well, watch this here. Oh, I guess I broke that window.
5: <laughs> <laughs> what would you wish for, George?
8: Oh, I don't know. I, I wish for a whole hatful. Mary, I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Uh, Italy, Greece, the Pantheon, the Colosseum. Then I'm going to college and see what they know, and then I'm going to build things. Um, I'm going to build airfields, skyscrapers 100 stories high, bridges a mile long. And, well, what is it you want, Mary? What do you want? You, you, you want the moon, uh, all you guys do is say the word and I'll- well,
5: Okay, okay, the moon. I'll take it. Then what?
8: Well, then you could swallow it and, and it, it it dissolved like an aspirin, see? And, and the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and, and the ends of your hair. and. <laughs> Do you think I'm talking too much?
3: Yeah. Why don't you kiss her instead of talking her to death?
8: How's that? <laughs> ah, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Hey, hey, mister. Just a minute. Come back. I'll show you some kissing that George! I'll... George! Uh, hey, Uncle Billy. Hey, hey, watch me. I'm going to kiss Mary. Watch.
4: George, get in the car quick. Your father's had a stroke. M- my father's had a stroke.
8: George, when... get in. Hurry. Mary, I- I'm sorry. I gotta go.
7: Well, George's father died that night, Clarence. So, of course, George couldn't go to Europe. But that fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the directors of the building and loan had a meeting. They were going to appoint a successor to Mr. Bailey. What was that uh,
1: you said, Mr. Potter? I said, as long as Peter Bailey's dead, let's dissolve the building and loan. We don't need it. No, 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 wait a minute. (laughs) You wait a minute. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. Deals without common sense can ruin a town. What do you get? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. Now, hold on, Mr. Potter. Now, now, now hold on just a minute. Well, I meant no disrespect, George, but- well, wait uh, a minute here. That my, why my
8: father ever started this cheap penny ante building and loan, I'll never know. But just remember this, Mr. Potter, this, this rabble you're talking about. They do most of the working and the paying and the living and the dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Well, anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him, but 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 to you, a, a warped, frustrated old man, they're, 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 they're cattle. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 in my book, Mr. Potter, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be.
1: I'm not interested in your book, George. I'm talking about the building and loan. Well, you're talking about uh, something you can't get your fingers on.
8: Well, this town needs this measly one-horse institution, if, if only to have some place where people can borrow a few dollars without having to don't crawl into you. Nah. Come on, Uncle Billy. What happened, George?
4: Boy, oh boy, you should've heard George.
8: Yeah, they're voting us out of business.
4: Who cares? I can get another job. Well, you get out of here, George. You missed your trip to Europe, you don't want to miss college, too. George, we just voted Mr. Potter down. We're still in business. <laughs> Whoopee! We're still in business. But there's one condition, George. They've appointed you to take over Father's
8: place. Well, well appointed me, but, 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 but I'm going to college. It's my last chance. Uncle Billy's your man, he's the one. you got to take it. They'll vote with Potter, otherwise
6: they said so. They they even said... uh, I I know. George Bailey didn't go to college.
7: That's right, Clarence. He gave his college money to Harry instead.
6: But what happened to that good-looking girl? You know, Mary? Oh,
7: George saw her now and then. Not very often, though, because Mary went away to school, too. Anyway, George waited four years more for Harry to come back and take over the building alone. He could still have his dream of seeing the world, except when Harry came home, he wasn't alone. There was a girl with him, his wife.
2: George!
7: Uh, I'm out here on the
8: porch, My, uh, just thought I'd get some air.
2: Well, how do you like your new sister-in-law? <laughs> She's swell. Mm, looks like she can keep Harry on his toes.
8: Yep, keep him out of Bedford Falls, anyway.
2: Oh, what do you mean?
8: Well, Ruth's father. He's got a wonderful job for Harry in Buffalo. Uh,
2: Buffalo? Well, that means you... you can't... Uh, George, did you know Mary Hatch is back from school? Uh... Nice girl, Mary. mm. Oh, stop grunting. Give me one good reason why you shouldn't call on Mary.
8: Well, Sam Wainwright. Sam's crazy about Mary. Well,
2: she's not crazy about him. How do you know about
8: that? Did did he discuss it with you?
2: Besides, Sam's away in New York.
8: Oh, I see. Uh, All's fair in love and war. (laughs) Okay, then, Mother. I think I'll find the girl and do a little passionate necking.
2: (laughs) Oh, George.
8: (laughs) Bye, Mrs. Bailey. Oh, by the way, you want any books from the library?
2: Library? Oh, George. Now, you go and see Mary. Now, do you hear?
5: George? George, is that you out there?
8: Oh, uh, hello, Mary.
5: Well, are you coming in?
8: I just happen to be passing by.
5: Oh, well, I thought you were picketing. <laughs> Have you made up your mind? How's that? Have you made up your mind? About what? About coming in. Well, your mother just phoned. She said you were coming uh, over.
8: <laughs> my mother, what'd she mean? Why is she calling here? I, I, I just happen to be passing by, that's all. Well? Oh, I'll come in for a minute. I, I didn't tell anybody I was coming here. I Can't I take a walk without... When did you get back? Tuesday. Where'd you get that dress? Uh, do you like it? It's all right.
5: <laughs> well, no point in standing here on the porch. Come on in.
8: I still can't understand it. I, I didn't tell anyone I was coming here, you know.
5: Would you rather leave?
8: Well, I don't want to be rude. I'll just sit down for a while.
5: Well, it's... It's nice about your brother Harry getting married, isn't it?
8: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, that's all right.
5: But well, don't you like his wife? Oh,
8: well, of course I like her. She's a peach.
5: Oh. Oh, so it's just marriage in general, you're not enthusiastic no. about.
8: No, 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 marriage is all right for a lot of people. For Harry, for Sam Wainwright, and you, too.
5: Well, for Sam and I, well, what exactly? Mary, who's down there? Oh, it's George Bailey, mother. What's he want? I don't know. What do you want?
8: Me? Uh, Not a thing. Not a thing. I I just came in to get warm.
5: He's making violent love to me, Mother. Well, you just tell him to go right back home.
2: Sam said he'd call you from New York tonight, didn't he?
5: I guess so. Well, how about some music?
8: (laughs) Your mother need not you, you know, I I didn't come here to... to, well, to, to well, what well, did
5: you come here for well, then?
8: I, I don't know. You're supposed to be the one with all the answers. Uh, you tell me.
5: Oh, well, why don't you go home?
8: I don't know why I came here in the first place. Good night.
5: Good night.
2: Mary! Telephone Mary!
8: Well, you're shouting, you think that maybe Mary. I was...
5: You think what? Mary! All right, I'll get it. George, on your way out, would you mind turning off the phonograph?
8: I'd be very happy to. Doggone crazy song.
5: Hello? Hee-haw! Mary T,
8: it's good to hear your oh, voice.
5: Sam, I-, I was just talking to an old friend of yours, George Bailey. Well, put him on. I'll talk to him, too. Wait a second, George. He doesn't want to speak to George. Oh, he does so. He asked for him.
8: Why did you call me? Because if you... You know, I'm in a hurry, and I've got D- things... Sam to- wants to talk to you. <clears throat> Oh, hi, Sam. Hey, fine pal you are, trying to steal my girl? Uh, No, what do you mean? Uh, Nobody's trying to steal anybody's girl. Uh, Here, Mary, take the phone. No, no, wait,
3: wait. I want to speak to you both now. Tell Mary to get on the extension upstairs.
8: He says to get on the extension.
3: No, I can't. Mother's
5: on the extension. I am not! (laughs) Well, we can both hear, George. Just put your head a little closer. Uh, Hey, that's better. Well, we're listening, Sam.
3: Well, I have a big deal coming up that's going to make us all rich. George, you remember that time you told me about making plastics out of soybeans?
1: Uh,
8: uh, soybeans. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, soybeans.
3: Well, my father's checked into it, see? George, and now he's going to put up a factory. How do you like that?
8: Uh, a factory, huh?
3: Yeah, and here's the point, George. I may have a job for you, too. Unless you're still married to that broken-down building and loan. Oh, and Mary. I'm here. You tell that guy I'm giving him the chance of a lifetime,
8: do you hear?
5: He says it's the chance of a lifetime.
8: Give me that phone.
5: Here's George again, Sam.
8: Uh, George! Now you listen to me, Mary Hatch. I don't want any plastics, and I don't want any job. I, and I don't want to get married ever to, to anyone. And you understand that? Hey. I, I, I want to do what I want to do, and you're not going to trick... Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary, darling. I love you.
6: Well, well. So, George Bailey and Mary Hatchworth?
7: Yes, George and Mary were married. And they started off on their honeymoon in Ernie Bishop's taxicab.
8: Hey, where are you two going on this year, new honeymoon? We're going to shoot the works, Ernie. We got $2,000. We got a whole week in New York, a whole week in Bermuda, the highest hotel, the oldest champagne, (laughs) and the hottest music, and the prettiest wife. (laughs) So you're finally getting out of Bedford Falls. Then what? Well, then... then what, honey? Well, after that, who cares? <laughs> that doesn't. You know, Mrs. Bailey, I haven't kissed you since... Hey,
4: George, you. there's something funny going on over there.
8: Look, right out there at the building in loan. Hey, it looks like a run. Uh, 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 wait a minute. P- pull over for a minute. Will you already?
5: Oh, oh, George, let's not stop. Please, let's go straight to the station. I, I
8: better see what it is. I- I'll be right back. George,
5: George, please. George. <laughs>
6: George Bailey. Oh, he's certainly in desperate trouble, Joseph. I'll go to him at once. Now
7: you sit down, Clarence. We're nowhere near the point where George Bailey is thinking of taking his life. We're not? No, now, where were we? Oh, yes. George and Mary had just started out on their honeymoon when they ran smack into the financial panic of 1932. In the waiting room of the building alone, a hundred frantic people were clamoring for their savings. (laughs) <laughs> What's going on, Uncle Billy? What's happened? Uh,
8: all those people out there.
4: This is a pickle, George. A real pickle. All I know is a bank called loan an hour ago. Had to hand over all our cash. Oh, holy mackerel! The whole town's gone crazy. Bank's in the same spot we are. Our charter. What about our charter? Our charter says we have to stay
8: open until 6 p.m. The state can take away our license if we
4: don't. How can we stay open till 6 without any money, George? Where are you going? I'm out to talk to those people.
8: Come on. Okay, okay. Please, folks, please, please, just a minute, just a minute. How about our money, George? Where's our money? Yeah, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. You listen to me. You're thinking about this place all wrong. Your money's not here.
1: What? Where? What no, 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 no. no let, let
8: me tell you. Let me tell you. Your money is in people's houses. The Kennedys' house, Fred Macklin's house, in your house, and a hundred others. Now, now, what are you going to do, foreclose on them? I got $240 in shares, George, let me have it. All, all, all right, o- okay, Charlie, you'll get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, well, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares.
4: I got my money. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, oh, yeah. I tell you, old man Potter's taking over the bank.
8: He'll pay you 50 cents on every dollar. Then so let's take our shares to Potter. Death no, is better than nothing. No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, just wait. Listen to me, I'm begging you not to do this. If Potter gets hold of your shares, he'll own this building and loan. He's got the bank, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores. And now he's after us because he wants to keep you living in his shacks and paying the kind of rent he decides to charge. Now now we can get through this thing all right. We've just got to stick together. We've just got to have faith in each other.
2: My husband's out of work, we need money. I (laughs) got Dr.
8: Bill to pay.
5: I can't feed my kids on fish. Yeah. How much do you need? We've still got some money. Mary! Oh, here it is, George. You told me to hold on to it. Oh,
8: no! wait a minute, folks. Listen. I've got $2,000. Oh. Uh, all right, Charlie, how much do you need? $240. Charlie, just enough to tide you over. I said $240. Okay. Uncle Billy, give Charlie $240. Uh, all right, Ed, uh, how much can you get by on? Well, uh, $20, I suppose. Now you're talking. Uh, Mrs. Thompson, what about you?
2: $20 will do me, too.
8: <laughs> oh, 20 Uncle Billy, pay it back. Pay it back whenever you can. All right, who's next? Who's next?
2: Look at the clock. Look.
8: Five seconds. Four, three, two, one. One! It's six o'clock! We made it! Oh, lock the door, Cousin Tilly, quick! Woo-hoo. Boy, we're still in business, Uncle Billy.
2: Hello? Bailey Brothers?
8: Oh, we've even got two bucks left.
2: George, there's a call for you. Okay,
8: okay. Then call my wife, will you? She's probably over at my mother's.
2: Mrs. Bailey is on the line.
8: I don't want a Mrs. Bailey. I want my wife. Uh, will you? Oh! <laughs> Mrs. Bailey, that is my wife. <laughs> Here, give me that phone. Give me it, Mary. Uh, Mary? Listen, dear, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry I, I come home? What home? 323 Sycamore? Well, whose home is that? What? But, Mary, I... But how can you... But Sure, I will. Sure.
7: All right, I'll, I'll be there. Clarence, guess what 323 Sycamore was?
6: His mother-in-law's house,
7: huh? Oh, no. Number 323 Sycamore was the old Granville house. The one where George threw the rocks at and made the wishes. Yes, sir. That's where they spent their honeymoon, and that's where they started housekeeping. They were still living there two years later when Old Man Potter asked George to stop over at his office. Sit down, George. Sit down. Uh,
1: have a cigar. Uh, uh, well, thank you, sir. George, you're you're a young man, married, making say forty dollars a week at the building and loan. Uh, Forty-five. Forty-five. Now. If you were some ordinary yokel, I'd say you were doing fine, but hmm, George Bailey is intelligent, ambitious. He hates the building and loan almost as much as I do. He's been dying to get out of town ever since he was born, but he's trapped, trapped into frittering away his life, playing nursemaid to a lot of garlic eaters. (laughs) Do I paint a correct picture, George, or do I exaggerate? Now, what's your point, Mr. Potter? My point is that you're the only man in town who stood up to me. George, I want to hire you. Yes, manage my affairs. I'll start you off at, say, uh, $20,000 a year. Twenty $20,000 a year? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You sure you're talking to me? Uh, I'm George Bailey, do you remember? Uh, Building and Loan, remember? George Bailey, yes. Whose ship has just come in. Providing he has sense enough to climb aboard. But well, what about the building in London? Uh, Confound it, man! I'm offering you a three-year contract at $20,000 a year. Now, is it a deal, or isn't it?
8: No, no. The answer is no. Doggone it. If, if you offered me a million dollars to stay around this town and play stooge to you, the, the answer would still be no. I, just let me alone. Uh-huh. Uh, nothing, honey, nothing. He, he just talked and talked. Nothing. Mary, Mary, why in the world did you ever marry a guy like me?
5: Oh, to keep from being an old maid.
8: <laughs> I was going to see the world. I was going to build things. I was going to give you the moon. <laughs> what have I given you? Not even a new dress. Not for months. Well, I feel awful.
5: Well, so do I. Mornings, especially.
8: You could have married Sam Wainwright. Anybody else in town?
5: I didn't want to marry anybody else. I want my baby to look like you.
8: You, know, you didn't even have a honeymoon, and after I promised you that I, you you, 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 you're what? Our baby. You mean? You mean Mary? You're sitting on the nest? Oh. <laughs>
7: Uh, well, Mary had her baby, Clarence. A oh, boy. Yeah, don't say. And then she had another one, a girl.
6: Well, what do you know?
7: Night after night, George come home late from the office. Things weren't good with the building alone. Potter was really bearing down hard on him. And then came the war. Mary had another baby by right then.
2: Woo!
6: They were very busy. <laughs> but she
7: still had time to help out the USO. Uncle Billy sold war bonds, and George's brother Harry became a real hero. Shot down fifteen planes.
6: But George. What about George?
7: Well, George was 4F, his bad ear. He was an air raid warden. On V-E day, he wept and he prayed. On V-J day, he wept and prayed again.
6: We're, We're getting pretty close to today, aren't we, sir?
7: Yes, Clarence. You now know almost everything you have to know about George Bailey.
6: I should think so.
7: Except what happened that finds him down there at this moment, wanting to die.
6: Well, sir, well?
7: Today's the day before Christmas, Earth time. George is pretty excited.
8: Hey, cousin Tilly? Just look at the newspaper. Commander Harry Bailey decorated by President. That's my kid brother. Congressional Medal of Honor.
2: Gosh, George, gosh, that's wonderful.
8: (laughs) Fifteen jet planes. The last one he got was just about to dive into a transport loaded with soldiers. Know what that means? He saved lives. Hundreds of lives. Uh, Say, where's Uncle Billy?
2: Gone to the bank, George. He's depositing that $8,000. Ah,
8: good, good, good. Uh, Who's that in his office?
2: Oh, it's that man again, the bank examiner.
8: Oh, yeah. Afternoon, Mr. Carter. Tilly, get the books for Mr. Carter. Uh, uh, Here's my brother's picture, Mr. Carter. Shot down 15 planes, and one of them... Well, well, Mr. Henry F. Potter, come to deposit more loot, eh?
1: Yeah, you old
4: fool. How do you like the news in the paper, Mr. Potter? You just can't keep those Bailey boys down now, can you? Yeah. let me see that newspaper. Here, sorry I can't chat, you old thief. I gotta make a deposit. Mm -hmm. Here you are, Horace. Deposit slip, bank book, and a very merry Christmas to you. Uh, You too, Mr. Bailey. Uh, Say, uh, you've forgotten something, haven't you? Horace, I've forgotten things all my life. Get a wiggle on it, boy. But, uh, Mr. Bailey, where's the money? What's that? You want to make a deposit? Well, certainly, I... uh... Well, it's customary to bring the money with you. It's gone. Where did I put it? Where did I put the money?
7: It's a terrible thing, Clarence, terrible. Uncle Billy couldn't find the money because the envelope with the $8,000? was folded up in the newspaper he gave to Old Man Potter.
8: I just don't know what happened to it, George. I just don't know. $8,000! Uncle Billy, the bank examiner's here. It's not our money. It belongs to the depositors.
4: George, what are we going to do? I've traced every step I took. We can't stand
8: here in the street. You sure you didn't put the envelope in your coat pocket?
4: I think so. Maybe, maybe. I'm no good, George. I'm no Now do- listen to me, will you? Listen! Try and think.
8: I can't think anymore. I, I can't. Where's the money? You silly old fool. Do, do, do you know what this means? It, it means bankruptcy and, and scandal and prison. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Now get out of my way. I, I'm going home.
5: wrong. You haven't said a word
8: since you came home. That banging on the piano. Does the Janey have to keep playing that same piece over and over?
2: I have to practice for the Christmas play, Daddy.
5: (sighs) What is it, dear? Another hectic
2: day?
8: Yeah, another red letter day for the Bailey's.
2: Excuse
4: me. Daddy, the Murphy's got a brand new car.
8: Hey, you should see it. Well, well, what's the matter with our car? Isn't that good enough for you? Excuse me. Excuse you for what? He burped. I'm sorry, Daddy. I only... Run
5: upstairs, Petey. See if Zuzu's all right.
8: What, what do you mean, see if Zuzu's all right? What, what do you mean?
5: Oh, well, she caught a little cold coming home from school. She didn't button up her coat.
8: Well, well, well what is it? What, what do you mean? Just, just a cold? Well,
5: George, the doctor said it was nothing serious.
8: Doctor? Was the doctor
5: here? Well, I thought he'd better look at her.
8: It's this drafty old house. I, I don't know why we don't all have pneumonia. Well, it might as well be living in a refrigerator. Why did we have to live here in the first place and stay around this measly, crummy old town? George, what's
2: happened? Everything's
8: happened. Do you call this a happy family? Why do we have to have all these kids?
2: Daddy, how do you spell frankincense?
8: I don't know how you spell it. Ask your mother.
2: But where are you going?
8: Upstairs to see Zuzu. Hi, Daddy. Well, what happened to you?
2: I want a flower.
8: (laughs) Now, wait now. Where do you think you're going?
2: I want to give my flower a drink.
8: All right, all right. Here, give Daddy the flower. I'll give it a drink.
2: Look, Daddy, the petals fell off. Paste it.
8: Oh, all right, all right. Now, I'll paste this together. There it is. Good as new.
6: Give the flower a drink. Now,
8: now, will you do something for me? What? Will you try to get some sleep?
2: I'm not sleepy. I want to look at my flowers.
8: I know, I know. But, but you go to sleep, and then you can dream about it. And it'll be a whole garden. It will? Uh-huh.
5: Hello? Oh! Oh, thank you, Mrs. Welch. No, I'm sure she'll be all right. Who's that? Zuzu's school teacher. What? Oh, oh yes, the, the doctor said she'd, she'd be fine tomorrow. Uh,
8: here, give me that phone. No, George, please. Uh, Mrs. Welch? Well, this is Mr. Bailey. Uh, say, say, what kind of a teacher are you, anyway? What do you mean, George. sending Zuzu home like that, half <gasps> naked? Do you realize she'll probably end up with pneumonia just because of your stupidity? <sighs> well, maybe my kids aren't the best dressed kids in town, but at least, hello? Hello? <gasps> Janie, will you stop playing that piano? Now stop it! Stop it! Oh,
5: Daddy! George, for heaven's sake, what's wrong with you?
8: I'm sorry, Janie. I'm sorry, Mary. Janie, I... I just have to get out of here.
1: That's it, George. You're short $8,000 in your accounts, eh? Uh, please, Mr. Potter, I'll, I'll pay any sort of a bonus, and
8: if you still want the building and, you and loan... You I... say
1: it was lost. Have you
8: notified the police? Uh, no, sir. I, I I haven't done that yet. Harry's coming home tomorrow, and I didn't want to... Why t-
1: Why come to me? <laughs> what about your, your good friend, uh, Sam Wainwright? I can't get a hold of him. He's, he, he's in Europe. Uh. What kind of security would I have, George? What collateral? Well, sir, I have some life insurance. Here, a a $15,000 policy. Uh, And what's your equity in it? $500. And you want $8,000? You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. Well, what are you but a warped, frustrated young man crawling on your knees for help? Why don't you go to the riff-raff you love so well? Ask them for help. I'll do anything, Mr. Potter. Please, please help me. My wife, my kids... I'm calling the district attorney. five hundred dollars. You know something, George? You're worth more dead than alive. Now get out of here! Get out!
7: And all the time, Potter had the eight thousand dollars in his dust drawer still there, Clarence.
6: Where is George, sir? Where?
7: Well, he went over to Martini's Cafe. He's had a couple of drinks, Clarence. He's just standing there, sort of in a daze. And this is where you come in, Clarence. God, God,
8: dear Father in Heaven, I'm not a praying man, but but if you're up there and, and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God.
0: Yeah, Mr.
3: Bailey, you alright? Uh, don't drink anymore, Mr. Bailey, please. You, you don't feel good. Bailey? Did you say Bailey? Uh, which Bailey? Uh, this gentleman is Mr. Bailey. Uh, George Bailey. George Bailey, huh? Yeah, the next time you talk to my wife like that, you'll get worse. Isn't enough she slaves teaching your stupid kids how to read and write? You gotta ball her out, too? Hey, uh, you get out of here, Mr. Welch! You hit my best friend! Get out! Yeah, alright, alright.
8: Mr. Bailey, uh, you, you okay? Who was that? Uh, Mr. Welch, don't worry, He don't come into this place anymore. No get something for your lip, it's bleeding. I'm alright. Uh, please, don't go away! Uh, please, Mr. Bailey! Let me alone, let me alone!
7: George left Martini's Cafe five minutes ago, Clarence. He's at the river now. On the bridge. Looking at the water. Are you ready, Clarence?
6: Oh, ready, sir.
7: Very well. Save George Bailey's life and you'll get your wings.
6: My wings? Oh, thank you, Joseph. George! George Bailey! Get away from that bridge! Do you hear me? George! George!
2: (laughs) Numb with despair, convinced as Mr. Potter said that he's worth more dead than alive, George Bailey stands on a bridge, staring at the dark and frigid waters below. Suddenly, there's a splash. Help! I'm drowning! Help! Help! No, that's not George. It's Clarence, the apprentice angel. And there goes George in after him. It's a few minutes later now, and in the bridgekeeper's shack, George and Clarence are drying off.
8: Yeah, it's kind of cold We be swimming. Huh? You both sure you're alright? You don't want a doctor? Then? Yeah, no, I'm alright.
2: Oh,
6: I'm fine. This underwear. I-, I didn't have time to get anything more stylish. My wife gave me this on my last birthday. I passed away in
0: it. You, uh, <laughs> you uh, you, uh, you what, mister?
6: Mm, I see Tom Sawyer's drying out, too. Who? My book. I left in such a hurry, I brought Tom Sawyer with me. Uh, how'd you
8: happen to fall in?
6: Oh, I jumped in. I jumped in to save you.
8: Jumped in to save me?
6: Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you?
8: Uh, Go through with what?
6: Suicide.
8: Hey, 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 it's against the law to commit suicide around here. It's against
6: the law where I come from, too.
8: Yeah, where do you come from? Heaven. Uh, Of course you do. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah, very funny, very funny. Uh,
6: Your lips bleeding.
8: Yeah, I got a bust on the jaw in answer to a prayer.
6: Oh, no, George, I'm the answer to
8: your prayer. Uh, How how do you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. Uh, And who are you supposed to be, anyway? Clarence Oddbody, A-S-2. Clarence
6: Oddbody? Uh, uh, What's that A-S-2? Angel second class.
0: Oh boy, I'm getting out of here. You may not need a doctor, but I do.
6: Carry on, my good man.
8: (laughs) Uh, uh, Look here, why do you want to save me?
6: Because I'm your guardian angel, George. Oh,
8: oh, I see. You look like the kind of angel I'd get. (laughs) What happened to your uh, wings?
6: Oh, I haven't won my wings yet. That's why I'm in angel second class. But you can help me earn them, George, by letting me help you.
8: <laughs> you don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you, do you?
6: Oh, no, no. We don't use money in heaven.
8: Oh, oh that's right. I, I keep forgetting. <laughs> Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. Found it out a little late. I'm worth more dead than uh, alive.
6: Oh, You mustn't talk like that. Joseph will never give me my wings if you keep feeling that way. You just don't realize what you've done for folks. Why... If it hadn't been for you... If it hadn't been
8: for me, everybody would be better off. My wife and my kids and my friends.
6: Oh, this isn't going to be easy.
8: They'd all be better off if I hadn't been born.
6: What did you say?
8: I said I wish I'd never been born.
6: George, that's wonderful.
8: Wonderful? What?
6: The idea you just gave me. Well, you've got your wish. You've never been born.
8: (sighs) I've never been born.
6: Exactly. No worries. No $8,000 to get. Nothing. You simply don't exist. Oh,
8: okay, all right.
6: George, I can do things, strange things. I can show you the world, George, the way
8: it would be if you <laughs> hadn't been born. Uh, wait, a m- say, wait a minute, this ear of mine, is say something in my bad ear. You don't have a bad ear anymore.
6: Oh, I don't think you're concentrating. Don't you see? You're not the George Bailey you think you are. You're, well, You're nobody. That's
8: the doggonest thing I ever saw. Your lips stopped bleeding, too. Uh, Yeah. What's happening around here? What is this, anyway? Uh, What I need is a drink. Uh, How about you, Angel? You want a drink?
6: Well, I don't quite know. Well,
8: we'll go as soon as our clothes are dry.
6: Our clothes are dry, George.
8: (laughs) So they are. Funny. Well, then let's stay dressed and stroll over to Martini's and... oh, oh, I mean, I'll stroll and... You fly.
6: No, no, I don't have my wings.
8: That's right, I I, I forgot. You don't have your wings, that's right. A Couple of drinks and we'll both fly.
3: Hey, what do we have, fellas?
8: Uh, Where's the boss, where's the martini? Hey, look, wise guy, I'm the boss, see? Okay, double scotch, quick. Yeah, what's yours? You know what I just love?
6: Some mulled wine. Huh? Heavy on the cinnamon and light on the clothes. Uh, Off you all, me madly lad and lively now.
8: (laughs) You trying to be funny, pal? Just give him the same as I already. He's okay. All right. Two double scotches. This place, it's all changed.
6: All of Bedford Falls has changed. You're having your wish, George. You've never been born. Well, there'll be lots of things you've never seen before. Oh, good. Someone's just made it. Made what? Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings.
8: Yeah, what did you say? Uh, look, Clarence, I don't think you better talk about angels around here.
6: Don't they believe in angels? Yeah, but,
8: well, you know... Well, the, then why should people be surprised when they see one? Don't mind him, bartender. He, he, he's just a little fella. He, he just never grew up. Uh, how old are you, anyway, Clarence?
6: 293 next May. All right, that does it.
3: A couple of pixies, huh? Now, get. Go on, you hear me. Get. Where's Martini? Will you tell me? Stop asking about Martini. He ain't here. Hey, hey, you rummy,
8: didn't I tell you to never come panhandling around here? George, look. It's Mr. Gower. Mr. Gower, listen, don't, don't, don't you know me? This is George Bailey. You, you,
3: buy, you buy me a drink, mister? J- just one drink, uh, will you, mister? Finky, throw that rummy out. Hey, no, no, please.
8: Bartender, I- that's Mr. Gower, the druggist.
3: Good. That Romehead spent 20 years in jail for poisoning some kid. Now, if you know him, you must be a jailbird yourself. Now, Finky, there's two more. Get him out of here.
6: uh, (coughs) Well, get up, George. Good thing you threw us in a snowbank, huh?
8: Where's Mr. Gower? Uh,
6: Mr. Gower doesn't know you, George. You see? You weren't there to stop him from putting poison into that prescription. What
8: do you mean I wasn't there? Look, are you a hypnotist? George! Why am I seeing all these strange things? Don't you understand? It's because you've never been born. Then if I wasn't born, who am I? Nobody. You have no identity. What do you mean, I have no identity?
6: No papers, no driver's license, no 4F card, no insurance policy.
8: Ah. Oh, Zuzu's bell. I got her... What? I got her bell. Zuzu's bell, I... I bought my little girl a bell to hang on the Christmas tree. I, I forgot to give it to... It's gone. It's gone, too. I, everything's
6: gone. But you've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like without
8: you. You're, you're crazy. You're, you're crazy as a bed bug. And you're driving me crazy, too. I'm going home and seeing my wife and family. Do you understand that? I'm going home alone.
7: Better not leave him alone, Clarence. Keep following him.
6: Joseph, oh, I'll stay near him, sir. Poor George, he's in Main Street now. The way it'd be if he hadn't lived. The thing that's really shocked him, sir, is the building and loan office. Know what's there now? Pawn shop.
7: What's he doing? Can you see?
6: I think he's talking to Ernie Bishop, the taxi driver. He wants to go home.
7: Now you better tag along, Clarence.
6: Oh, I will, sir. I will.
8: Come on, uh, step on it, will you, Ernie? Get me home. Where do you live, buddy? Oh, now, doggone it, Ernie. I, don't you start pulling that stuff. <laughs> 323 Sycamore. 323 Sycamore? And hurry up, will you? Zuzu's sick. Okay, buddy. Hey, look, Ernie, I, I don't know what's happened. I, I'm going crazy. I, I've had some bad liquor. You're Ernie Bishop, right? And you live with your wife and kid. You've seen house- my wife? What do you mean, senior wife? I've been to your house a hundred times. Didn't we build it for you? Look, bud, my wife took the kid and ran away five years ago. And I ain't seen you before in my life, see? OK. OK, Ernie. OK. Just just step on it. it just get me home. Mary. Mary, where are you? Janie, Petey, Tommy,
6: Zuzu, Zuzu, where are you? This is just an old abandoned house, George. You have no wife, no children.
8: Where are they? What have you done with them?
6: That's him,
3: Bert I told you. Yeah, all right. Up with your hands, Bert. Bert, the cop. Thank heaven you're here. Now look.
8: Well, why don't you be a good fellow and I'll take you to a doctor. Uh, Bert, 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 Bert. Now listen to me. It's that fella here. He, he says he's an angel. He, he's he's trying to hypnotize me. Yeah, well, I hate to use my nightstick, but I guess I ow. Run, George. Ow! Run. He can't oh, get please. you him. George, run. Ow! Run. run.
6: Ow! My teeth aren't what they used to be. Joseph, help. Joseph! Joseph! Hey! Where'd they go, Ernie?
3: I don't know. I don't know. They just disappeared. I'm getting out of here.
7: Clarence?
6: Oh, Joseph. I, I hope you didn't mind my calling on you like I did.
7: It was very irregular, Clarence. You're by yourself again? Where's George? He's at his mother's house, sir. Well, if George hasn't been born, he has no mother.
6: Well, he's being very stubborn, sir. He'll just have to find these things out for himself.
7: Oh, but his mother. That's a terribly bitter blow to a man, his own mother not knowing him.
6: You mean I I shouldn't have let him... I mean
7: you better find him right away. Oh, and Clarence, please stop biting policemen.
2: (laughs) Well? Mother. Mother? What do you want? Mother, this is George. I thought
8: sure you'd remember
2: me. George who? If you're looking for a room, there's no vacancy. Oh, Mother,
8: Mother, please, please help me. Something terrible's happened to me. I I don't know what it is. Something's happened to everybody. Please let me come and keep me here until I get over it.
2: Uh, Get over what? I don't take strangers in unless they're sent by somebody I know.
8: Well, 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 I know everybody you know. Your brother-in-law, Uncle Billy. You know him? Well, sure I do.
2: When did you see him last?
8: Today, over at his house. Oh, that's
2: a lie. He's been in the insane asylum ever since he lost his business. And if you ask me, that's where you belong.
6: I'm here again, George.
8: My mother. My own mother didn't know me. If Harry were only here, if my brother were only back from Washington,
6: Your brother fell through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine.
8: That's a lie. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport.
6: Every man on that transport died. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. Harry wasn't there to save them, because you weren't there to save Harry. Don't you see, George? You really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Clarence. Yes?
8: Where's Mary? Please, where's my wife?
6: I, I'm not supposed to tell. Tell
8: me where she is. You're not going to like it, George. Where is she? I'll choke it out of you if I have to.
0: Where's my wife?
6: Uh, the, the, the library. She works there. She's just about to lock up for the night, so I... Uh, George. George, come back. Oh, There must be some other way for me to get my wings. Mary,
5: Mary. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, the library's closed.
8: Now Mary, it's George. Don't you know me? No. No, I don't know you. Let me go! Mary, please, don't, don't, don't do this to me. No, please, no. please, Mary, help me, help me. Where are kids? Oh, kids. Where are kids? I, I, I need you, Mary, please. Oh, okay. get away from me, help! help! Help me, Mary, you're my wife. I'm George. I'm George, Mary.
7: <laughs> Clarence?
8: Oh,
6: where is he, Joseph? Where's George? I'm afraid I've lost him,
7: sir. You know you shouldn't have let him try to see Mary. Now they're after him, a mob. They think he was trying to hurt her.
6: Oh, Joseph, I won't even get one wing, will I?
7: You've got one chance, Clarence. Get over to the bridge by the river. I think George has seen just about enough.
6: But, but the mob.
7: Don't worry, they've lost him too. Now, hurry up.
6: Oh, thank you, Joseph. Thank you.
7: (laughs) Clarence.
8: Clarence. Clarence. Where are you? I'm here, George. Help me, Clarence. Just get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Only get me back to my wife and kids. Please. I want to live again.
6: Thank you, George. Thank you, Lord.
8: I want to live again. Please. Oh, God, please let me live again.
6: George. George,
3: is that you down there?
8: Now get out of here, Bert. Get out of here. Come any closer, and I'll
3: let you have it. What in the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? George, Bert, do you know me? Know you. I've been looking all over town for you. Where you been? Hey, Bert, I'm alive again, Bert. Well, you're sure you're all right? Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Oh,
8: <laughs> it is. My mouth's bleeding. Oh, Bert, Bert. Oh, look at the blood come out of here. <laughs> oh, oh. And Zuzu's Christmas bell. Bert, it's here, here in my pocket. What do you know about that?
3: Merry Christmas, Bert. Well, Merry Christmas. Now now get in the car. I'll drive you home.
8: Will you, Bert? Will you? Uh, uh, Turn the siren wide open. Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Merry Christmas, you beautiful old building alone. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter.
1: Merry Christmas to you, too.
8: I'm home. Hey Bert, come on, come on in with me Bert. Come on in, all these people, oh. Reporters. Merry Christmas, reporters. Hey, Mr. Bank Examiner. Merry Christmas. Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. Oh, I know. $8,000, I bet. George, I've got a little paper here. I'm sorry, but... I bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, Merry Christmas. Where's Mary? Uh, Oh, look at this wonderful old drafty house. Have you you seen my wife? Uh, Where's Mary?
2: Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Daddy! Daddy. Merry Christmas.
6: Oh, oh,
8: kids! Oh, kids! Janie! Janie! I uh, I could... You up! Where's your mother?
2: She went looking for you, Daddy! With Uncle Billy! Daddy! Oh,
8: Zuzu, my little ginger snap! How do you feel?
2: Fine, Daddy. Not a smidge of temperature.
8: <laughs> Not a smidge of temperature. <laughs> Hallelujah!
2: George! George! Darling. Oh. <laughs> it's Mommy!
8: Mommy's <laughs> home! Oh, Mary!
2: George, where have you been? Oh, George! Oh,
8: just let George. me touch you. Just let me touch you. You're real, Mary. You, you have no idea what's happened to me. Oh,
5: you have no idea what's happened either. They're on their way here.
8: Uh, who, who, who's on Who's on their way? Uh, police department? Uh, I don't care. The FBI? Uh, listen, Mary. I'm alive again. I'm alive.
5: Oh, yes, darling. Yes. Now, no, no, close your eyes. Close your eyes and come on downstairs.
8: Okay, well, what is all this? Uh, can I open my eyes yet, Mary? No, no, uh, no. What's going on here? No, keep
5: your eyes closed, George. Now I'll just walk you over here by the Christmas tree. People?
8: And... I hear lots of people. <laughs> no,
5: just one minute now. and We're all ready. Uncle Billy,
4: come in, everybody. George, look. Just look. Hey. Uncle Billy. Money, George. It's a miracle. A laundry basket full of money. Money for you. <laughs> Mary did it, George. Mary did it. Uh, I don't understand.
8: Money for what? Well, what? People what's... heard
4: you were in trouble, darling.
5: These people, your friends, and they've collected this money for you more than the $8,000. Oh, George.
8: Harley. Hey, what is this, George? Another run on the bank? <laughs> Mr. Martini. I hey, broke go uh, Mr. Gower. Here you are, George. Oh, hey, how are you, Mrs. Thompson? Merry
7: Christmas,
4: George. Uh, Merry
8: Christmas to you, Ed, Tom, everybody. <laughs> hey, none of us would have a roof over our heads if it wasn't for you, George. Oh, gosh, I, I, isn't this wonderful? I, I don't know what to say, but thank you, everyone. Oh, my, Look who's coming in! Oh, mother! Hi, mother! Oh, Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, mother! Mother and Harry, Harry!
4: Uh, I got Mary's telegram, George. Flew in as fast as I could.
3: Hey, everybody! A toast! How about a toast? Oh, okay.
4: yeah. Good idea, Ernie.
3: Yeah. A toast
1: to my brother George, the richest man in town.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, You? <laughs> oh,
8: forget? Here, honey, here's your bell. <laughs> Daddy,
2: thank you.
5: Oh, oh, darling, what's this on the table here, this book?
8: The Adventures of Tom Sawyer.
5: Oh, well, look, there's something written in it.
8: Dear George, remember no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings. Love, Clarence.
5: Oh, Clarence? Well, who's Clarence? He's
8: a very dear friend of mine.
5: Daddy,
2: teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right,
8: Zuzu. That's <laughs> right. That's right. At a boy, Clarence. Happy landing. We'll take a cup of kindness
2: yet for. Me.
1: 1947 Lux Radio Theater Play It's a Wonderful Life, based on The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Dorn. You've been listening to RG Productions, and our cast was headed by Doug Despin as George and Amy Louise Seiler as Mary. Ed Godula as Joseph and Jay Rattle as Clarence. Joan Rory as Ma Bailey and Scott Angela as Uncle Billy. Jim Polar and Dave Wilde were Bert and Ernie, among others. Ryan H. Nelson and Susan Wilczek, numerous roles. Milan Myers was Zuzu. Rita Hunter was Mrs. Hatch. I'm Philip Yeager. I was was mr potter and i also directed special thank you to our sound engineers rick Haggerty and jeff hunter and george werke candy and tina thanks everybody for coming out merry
0: christmas and that was the classic it's a wonderful life recorded in front of a live audience check out rg productions we'll put a link to their website on our show notes um great amount of uh productions there you can hear archives read about the cast and crew and of course if you're in uh the Wisconsin definitely recommend checking them out it sounds like a really fun live show experience and we congratulate them Anita Hunter and her crew for everything they're doing I uh, hope you enjoyed that we'll have more going back in the unconventional side of programming next week with uh, Our Fair City's uh, holiday special this year. So uh, until then, hundreds of hours of programming at radiodramarevival.com. Uh, find us on Twitter, at Radiodrama, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Revival, or on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio. Look for Radiodrama Revival. Um, that's a wrap for this week. Radiodrama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Our submissions editors are Monique and Matthew Boudreau of Oral Stage Studios. Um, this show is podcast at radiodramarevival.com. It's a labor of love, copyright of individual shows. Shows. remains their original producers, but do go and please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week.